Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of the Coffee and Cake podcast with me, your host, Hetty. I'm really, really excited about this episode as obviously it's my first interview and today I'm chatting with one of my really, really good friends, Alex, and she's going to be discussing her personal uh, story and experience with toxic relationships her past with an abusive relationship and how she was able to navigate through that and really come to find herself again and come back and become more authentic to herself as well as following her intuition and how her intuition was sort of giving her these signs and signals throughout her past and her toxic relationships. So I really am really excited about this interview. So um I really hope you enjoy it and without further ado, let's begin. Um, I've got my my amazing friend Alex and we're going to be discussing a really interesting topic that's I feel I've sort of been through as well so it's it's going to be really interesting to hear Alex's point of view on this and I think for a lot of people um a lot of other people will be able to relate to this as well. So, um, Alex, do you just want to just introduce yourself a little bit? Yeah, sure. Um, hi, so I'm Alex. <laughs> I'm 31. Um, I'm married. Uh, I've got a little girl who's nearly two, so she takes up the majority of my time nowadays. Um, and I'm also studying counselling um, with the aim of becoming a cognitive behavioural therapist amazing I know and that's something that I'm always asking you about as well like I find all of that super interesting and I think Alex has got such an amazing point of view in terms of just understanding people a lot and seeing mindset in a different way and like I said we have a really really good deep conversation so today's sort of topic on the on the episode today is going to be um discussing Alex's Alex's experience with her following her intuition and how how I know you explained it just before Alex was before you'd always sort of followed um logic in terms of you know going through life and following things by the book so to speak whereas Mm -hmm. you sort of transition that now and you've gone through this sort of journey of you know navigating through hard times particularly you know with your with your past like an abusive relationship and things um and sort of listening more to your intuition and where that sort of brought you today and where you are today so I think that would be a really good topic to talk about um and sort of give your feedback your advice lessons that you've learned through this journey of sort of finding yourself so do you first want to just sort of explain where it all started for you? Like where, what's your story? Yeah. Um, so I suppose when I think back, sort of my earliest memory of maybe not believing in myself or not listening to my intuition was probably just from school um, and deciding what I was going to do I know not everyone knows what they're going to do when they're at school job wise and what they want to do in their lives <laughs> but um I do feel like I didn't really have anyone to guide me and I was a bit lost because I wasn't listening to my heart I was looking at things logically and I was thinking right well 
if I leave school and just get any job, I'll earn money and then that's all I need to do. Um, so I ended up being in a job for a long time that was okay. I worked with some really nice people, but it just was doing nothing for my life. Uh, I hated it really, if I really thought about it, I hated it. Um, it was to do with sales, so I think that says it all. <laughs> uh, I know that was some people like that, but definitely not me. Um, <laughs> and then um, probably the next thing was ending up being married to someone that was completely not right for me. Um, but do you, feel, I mean, do you feel that all of those things you'd sort of particularly say with your job and like growing up I know obviously when we're when we're at school we start to develop you know limiting beliefs and things about ourselves but would you say there was any other contribution to that in terms of like getting a job where did you sort of hear those messages from in terms of you know well this is what you do and this that and the other I mean probably from my mum to be honest um she's a very logical person as well so that's probably why I'm a bit like that um and she has always been a single parent to us apart from a brief brief part of time when I was a child but um I think she, I've come to terms with the fact that I think she has done her best that she could and so I've not got any hard feelings towards her but um, she's always been very worried about money and basically her thinking was leave school and get a job so that you can pay me board because I won't be getting benefits when you get yeah. to a certain age. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah and because I do I care too much about people I feel sorry for people I shouldn't feel sorry for Um, I still do it Um, I'm paranoid about being a selfish person but I literally feel sorry for people that have done horrendous things <laughs> like yeah. if I watch a documentary on somebody who's kidnapped children and got caught I, I hate them but I'm also like oh no he's got to spend the rest of his life in prison yeah and what is wrong with you I'm, I'm always like I, I can always well I mean even even if they are awful I'll start to think like what's gone wrong in their childhood like where is yeah. it come from and you know there's a reason why he's like that but and yeah, yeah like they were a baby an innocent baby once like yeah. how did they get there and yeah you do start to think what's going on in their head and yeah definitely feel sorry for them exactly so yeah she um she was always very worried about money very careful with money and just didn't want to get into a situation where she didn't have enough to run the house and feed us so me and my brother were encouraged to leave school get a job mm -hmm. even if it's just minimum wage earn some money pay some board and then we'll be okay and yeah I just did what she said because I suppose it made sense yeah. I always had like this thing in the back of my head that I I was always interested in psychology um but I guess I mean, the course I'm doing now, I had no idea. I thought you had to go to university and it was expensive and took ages, which, yeah, to be a psychologist, yeah, you, you do have to do that. But um, to become a CBT therapist, it's, I'm not going to say it's easy, but it, it's within my reach, fully within my reach. And I never knew anything about anything like that. No one ever 
guided me if that makes sense and I didn't know how to guide myself mm -hmm. um, and I don't think it's anyone's fault it's all about learning through life experiences isn't it it is yeah and I think like particularly with like your story with all this and we'll go back to sort of your story as well but I totally relate in terms of like going through life constantly logically thinking everything through in terms of like there's always got to be a plan b or there's got to be a result from the the action that i take whereas what i love like and what i've started to kind of learn and and appreciate is like when you look at kids they they go through life and they just play you know there's no mm -hmm. productive outcome there's no logic behind anything it's just because they want to do something and i think sometimes us as humans or within society we cut ourselves off from so much because we think oh no i can't and i've definitely done this like my interests at college i didn't necessarily pursue because in my head logically my ego would tell me like no that's that's not going to get you a good job or no that's mm -hmm you're not smart enough for that xyz do you know what i mean so i think yeah. i love like especially with your journey as well and it is a gradual journey it's not just a quick fix but this this journey of you sort of becoming more authentic and following as you put it like following your heart and your intuition and things yeah i mean we do live in like i suppose we live in a quite a rigid society where yeah we do have to earn money to pay bills and we do have to be a, a part of us does have to be logical yeah. but um we can i mean through finding this course i've looked at other courses just to build on my knowledge and not to think right can i get a job at the end of that course yes. and i just i think no i just want to do it because i, I love that subject and i want to learn more about it and it, yeah you can afford to do that and that you've got the time then do it why not do it yeah i i totally agree with that because i think again like before i would always think you know well if if i'm going to do something and i i was always a very black and white person and if i'm going to study something then that's it then that's going to be my new career or this is this is going to be me now that's my new identity and and things whereas the part of this journey about following your intuition and becoming more authentic and following your heart and things is about not really having an outcome or not not knowing the outcome necessarily and just following those little nudges you know like mm -hmm. like me with this podcast like i had the idea and it was something that i wanted to do so i i started it and yeah, yeah it, you don't know where it's going to go and you know reading those books that you're interested in you might you might not become you know that might not be your career at the end of it but it could lead you to something else and I don't know about you um and with growing up doing anything like say at school I loved art mm -hmm. so I took art as a GCSE and then I did do A levels I did A levels badly but I did do them um, and I took art at A level mm -hmm. And I just always remember my mum saying things like, what are you doing art for? You're not going to get a job doing art or like just anything like, um, oh, I think I'm going to see if I can uh, study to be a florist. And she's like, oh, I don't think you're going to be able to do that. Um, just like, yeah. I think it's 
do with it is she's got a totally different personality to me that's not what interests her exactly and how she's been brought up that's not what you do you don't do that you do something like an office job um and it's almost like when you're raising your child you're pushing your personality onto them yes. and after I realized this and having my daughter I, I've had to tell myself she might not be anything like me mm -hmm. I'm quite reserved quiet um and I was always really shy when I was younger um she might be this bubbly outgoing crazy character mm -hmm. and I might be like oh my goodness I don't know what to do with you but that doesn't matter because she'll find her own way and that's the whole point I don't want to tell her what to do I want to even just when she's playing I don't pick out a toy for her to play with she'll pick it out yeah. and then I'll watch her and see what she wants to do and it's just starts with little things but if you think about it if your parent didn't even start with the little things when you were younger and they've been constantly pushing their ideas and their personality onto you not realizing they're doing it thinking they're doing the best job they know how then it's no wonder it's taking us years to find out who we really are so true so true and with with that do you think did you ever struggle with making decisions growing up in terms of or knowing do you know what I mean like was you very indecisive about things or definitely I always just wanted someone to make a decision for me and I'm like that now like with my husband now um I'm not used to it he I'll say what should we do this or this and he's like you decide it's up to you and he's so easygoing and just wants me to be happy and I'm like uh what I don't I don't know I don't know what to do with this it's so weird yeah. I still can't get used to it yeah and I think I, I know I struggle with that a lot and it's something something still I'm like working on and and things but I think it, with that like what I've realized is it was almost like a, a sense of trust in myself and fearing sometimes coming from that place of like before we've never had choice because we've always like what you said we've always had we've always had somebody else's opinion put on us Mm. but then also I think part of it is like a sense of trust in ourselves like I can make a decision and it not be right quote-unquote or it could lead to something that I didn't want but that doesn't mm. mean that it's a failure it means that I can what I've what I've noticed without going on too many tangents what I've noticed that before I was so worried about making the wrong decision about certain things and I would be almost envious of these people that were very decisive and just pick something or just decided something. And I would have it in my head, almost this illusion that they always picked the right thing. And actually, they're not, those type of people don't necessarily pick the right thing, quote unquote. Mm. They just pick something. They just decide because they're confident in themselves to choose. Yeah. And that, their decision doesn't mean anything about their self-worth it doesn't mean that they're wrong in what they decide it's it's just that they choose and if it's not what they wanted they're like oh that was the wrong decision yeah so, you know it's not the end of the world move on yeah. learn from it yeah exactly and yeah i'm scared of failure um i in the job i hated i, I did a course within that job 
because I wanted to better myself. Um, I wanted to earn a bit more money. I wanted to be a bit prouder of myself. So I did, I did this course they offered me. Um, and it was like, um, it was very like much to do with science, which I hate. <laughs> I absolutely hate. <laughs> I love how you just get honest <laughs> with that. Like, like I scraped my C's at GCSE in science and I don't even know how, but yeah, so I just, I did it. Um, and oh my goodness, ev everything was pinned on passing this course. Um, anyway, it didn't turn out very well. Um, and I, I really, I felt like an absolute failure. I was devastated, even though I didn't really even want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I absolutely hated myself. And it's taken till that was like when I was, I don't know, in my mid twenties, maybe. And it's taken till now to be brave enough to start a new course. And it's, and I've, I've been sending off my units in this course and getting them passed and thinking, oh, right, okay, I'm passing these units. They're, they're saying I'm good enough to do this. Mm -hmm. And I'm only just getting confident, getting near the end of it and thinking, yeah, I am good at this. I keep doing really well with my units. Yeah. And just thinking in, yeah, I'm not an idiot. I can, I'm, I can do something I'm passionate about and I actually want to do because I'm going to put the work in because I want to do it. Mm. it makes sense <laughs> yeah, I love that and it, like again not not going off any tangents but I'm nodding my head a lot because this has come up for me very recently um but I think we we sometimes I was getting really upset a few weeks ago about not being good at anyone who knows me well will be listening to this and laughing because they think why is she going on about this again but <laughs> Um, I was getting very upset about myself because I've never been good at maths like I absolutely hate maths and I don't I do I'm not confident at it at all I could write a book yes and I'd enjoy writing a book but maths I just hate and I was I was the exact same because I wasn't as good as what I thought I should be all of this internal dialogue of me being a failure me not being good enough and all of these things um, and making me feel really low like how you were describing about the course that you wasn't even bothered about and mm -hmm. that's, that's sort of how I was feeling I was like why am I getting so upset over this when I'm not even am I am I wanting to be a mathematician no <laughs> so why am I yeah. why am I giving a shit about this and I mm. think it's I remember I can't remember the exact quote but there's a quote from Albert Einstein and it's something like I think it was Albert Einstein and it was basically saying like you wouldn't you wouldn't expect a giraffe an elephant to climb a tree like a monkey does mm. and call them a failure or something along those lines and I thought that was so true because it's like you know a musical person or a, an amazing actor might be mm. absolutely terrible at spelling and yeah. yet does that mean anything about them no it doesn't like in a mathematician could be absolutely awful at painting or writing do you know what mm. i mean so, you know sometimes i think we do internalize you know some failures and we make it mean so much more than what it is especially if we're like a perfectionist and, and yeah of tendencies you know yeah definitely back to your story so you were sort of saying before how you'd sort of gone through your childhood and um you know 
done some jobs that you weren't passionate about and things so where did you sort of go from there so um I suppose like between doing this job I hated um spending time with friends um I ended up meeting what would be my first husband um and I mean looking back from the start I should have known it wasn't right there was like a billion red flags but for some reason I was so insecure I just couldn't believe this person wanted to be with me um I like idolized him and couldn't see any of his faults I was I was really young and so naive I was like the most naive person you've ever met um but obviously something inside of me from the start was saying it's wrong and I never listened I mean I think we've been together like three months or something and he's he told me that he loved me for the first time and I was speechless I wasn't expecting it because I wasn't expecting it because I wasn't feeling that way yeah. but I didn't realize I wasn't feeling uh -huh. that way till that moment and so I didn't know what to say and I think I did say the like <laughs> the cliche thank you <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> he was so mad like um well he didn't get actually angry at that point but he was like you could tell that really annoyed him that I didn't think he was amazing enough to love yeah yeah um I think so then I started to think about it after he'd said it and maybe he put in more of an effort but as the next couple of months went on I did eventually say it to him um looking back I don't even I don't remember if I meant it or not I think I just went with it um but then I am such a caring person that as I get attached to someone and get to know them I do love them yes so I did I, I definitely did love him um at whatever point um I think we've been together a year and a half when we got married um oh the way he proposed was horrendous um I should have known then as well um so I thought he was going to propose and we were going out to our favorite restaurant we went through the whole dinner and nothing happened I was like oh it's not oh no actually I thought oh maybe we'll go for a walk in this park and that would be really romantic because I don't like a big show yeah, in front of people anyway so I thought oh, maybe that's he knows what I'm like and he's going to propose after we've gone for a walk Anyway, we were just walking back to the car. So I, I was like, well, I fancy going for a walk now. Should we, should we go for a walk? Like the park's across the road. Uh, no, I don't really feel like it. I've got something I need to uh, give you in the car anyway. I've got a present for you. I was like, oh, he's just going to give me a present. Like, fine, whatever. And um, he passed me this little gift bag and he was like, there you go. And I opened it up and it was a ring box and it was an engagement ring. Oh. In the car on a like scruffy road in Sheffield. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Like and I, knowing. I looked at it like, and then he just went, "Will you marry me?" And like, oh, it was such a mix of emotions. And I think yeah. that is like almost like a mental manipulation yeah. of like, I'm I'm proposing like what you want, but I'm not going to do it in a nice way. Mm. I don't know. Maybe he didn't think through it that much, but and that's how, how it. How did you feel at that point? Like, 
did you know? I felt any... disappointed. Yeah. I said, yeah, but I felt disappointed. Like, how yeah. bad is that? No, but I, I can honestly relate. I've, like, I've never been proposed to, but that, that, and this is what I mean, like, tying all of this in with the topic. I think we don't notice our body sensations like that feeling of disappointment is so strong when you really feel it and yet our minds kind of over override it and tell us like well you've got to say yes because if you don't say yes then he's going to be mad or you know well he's reposed he's got a nice ring like you know you'll upset yeah. somebody if you don't and all yes. of these things you don't want to hurt them Exactly. Yeah, you, I didn't want to embarrass him by saying no. You've not done it how I want it done. I would. I would have embarrassed be him. Mm. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Really, it's mad. Um, I, 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 I do. I do just want to say, like, even though it sounds silly, it's definitely not, and it's something that we, again, from society and from a young age, have been told and conditioned to do like a perfect example when a kid starts crying first thing adults say is stop crying mm. we constantly just shrink ourselves and cover our emotions and just close in on ourselves you know so yeah i mean i was talking to my friend today and she was telling me that um she remembers being little at her grandma's house and she was really upset about something started crying and her grandma straight away went uh, no we don't do that in this house and it's just unbelievable isn't absolutely. it absolutely like even now when i see it like i do see some people doing like oh my god mm, you gotta cry yeah. like oh man yeah i mean when rihan is like experiencing full-blown tantrums um at the moment and it i've like figured out how I feel about it because it stresses me out when she starts I feel like oh yeah. and it like gets tight in my chest but I've realized that is a a natural reaction because my baby's crying of oh, course I'm gonna be upset because she's yeah. upset mm. and that's how you should feel as a mother because that's like that's inbuilt in you to feel that way so you can help them yeah um, and the answer isn't to say, no, stop it. Mm, it's yeah. to say, I'm here for you. And if you need me, just let me know. Yeah. And I think even with that, like, even just because some, sometimes certain emotions make us feel uncomfortable. Like, you know, like what you're saying about if your daughter's crying, it, it makes you feel tense and things. And in a child, that inner child within us, and kind of just talking to us, you know, if we feel uncomfortable, just kind of having a bit of a pep talk to ourselves and just say, she's upset and she's allowed to be upset. And I know it's making me feel uncomfortable right now, but it's okay. It's going to be fine. You know? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, we definitely don't look after ourselves, do we? Really? Yeah. When we're upset, if I get upset about something, my first thought is stop feeling upset yeah if i if something if i'm feel like i need to cry i'll try not to cry mm. and then if i if i can't hold it back and i do cry i'm thinking of ways to stop myself crying yes but it's like crazy. i've i've thought past couple of times it's happened 
I hate getting upset in front of my daughter. I, I try not to do that because I've, I have memories of my mum crying in front of me and that really that really hurt me that the person who's supposed to look after me yeah. has something wrong with them so that's always stuck with me I'm never going to do that in front of her yeah. but anyway it, when she's not there and I'm upset I think just let it out just let yourself cry till it naturally stops mm. and I feel so much better for doing that yeah and it, do you know what I was talking to my friend about this literally the other day and I was saying that when you do allow yourself to cry, like I've cried a lot in the past couple of weeks. And like, again, it's, it's like an instant relief almost. Like you feel so much lighter after. But not only that, but crying, I think it goes in waves. Like you have a really intense moment where you're crying and like you're scrunched up your face and you're bawling your eyes out and then it will sort of calm back down again and it mm. it does and like what you were saying about it naturally stops I think it does it just comes in waves sometimes you know it's really intense and you feel like oh this is horrible but then sooner or later you naturally just calm down definitely yeah sort of like been jumping up and through but this is this is what our conversations are like anyway where the conversation started normally um i just thought of um something else i used to do so before we ever got engaged um if we were going somewhere in the car um and we had a disagreement um i've got a thing it's my own thing. If people are late to meet me, it gets me worked up. Like obviously 10, 15 minutes late is nothing. But you know, if someone's like half an hour or more late or whatever, yeah. you think there's no reason why they're late and they don't even say I'm late because yeah. or anything. And you're like, oh, I've just been waiting here for no reason. I just feel like it's a lack of respect. Anyway. Yes, I, I, I'm with you on that one. Yeah. Yeah. And like um, we'd be going somewhere and it would be say something to do with my friends and he would come and pick me up but because it was my thing and my friends 100% he was late on purpose because really? it to him it was like saying when your friends don't matter like I'm not going to show any respect for that I feel like that was what he was thinking. So I wouldn't even be nasty about it, but I'd get in the car and I'd be like, are you okay? Um, like, did we say like 10 o'clock, but it's like quarter to 11 um, they're all waiting for us. Um, and it'd just be fuming. And then he would just be like, well, if you don't like it, I'll pull over and you can get out of the car now. I've blocked a lot of it out but I think on one occasion I did get out of the car and I thought I'll just have to ring somebody and then he came back but it was like he was saying ha see I'm in control yes yeah and during these times how was your like how was your self-confidence I mean just I think he just made me feel like I was nothing and I was lucky to be with him Mm. Yeah. that's like this the slow subtle manipulation mm. that's how it made me feel it made me feel like if I wasn't with him I wouldn't have anything mm. like I've spoken to my other friend about this um about having those like intuition 
signs almost like our bodies telling us something isn't right like something just doesn't feel right and yet our minds will constantly talk back about it that's how they do it though there's like a positive spin on the on the abuse so you're confused as to what and you want to believe the best because you love them and you've idolized them so you don't want to see anything negative yes the night before or the day before my wedding um i had like a niggly feeling inside and it wasn't even anxiety it was nothing major felt really calm i've always been a really calm person for some reason i've never felt extremely ecstatically happy or extremely to the other end sad and just just like context for that i always feel super calm when i'm with you like that really? is, yeah honestly like even if i'm worked up a little bit just your presence calms me down so yeah i would agree with that that's that's probably because you take on people's emotions as yeah. well like what we were saying earlier mm. um, yeah so the day before there was just something in my head telling me is this right am I doing the right thing but being like the logical person that I am I thought well do you love him yes and are you I don't know are you are you happy? Yeah, I think so. So what's the problem? So why wouldn't you get married to him? Yeah. So I got married to him. But you know, my actual wedding night, I lay awake all night. I could not sleep a wink. Wow. And again, I don't know why. It was like I couldn't, I couldn't feel anything. I couldn't listen to my heart and my intuition. Wow. I couldn't understand why I was just lay awake. It, it was a very confusing time mad like even just the like these are all little things that I, d- I think we don't pick up on again out of society because we think oh well you know that's not logical like mm. yeah, why am I doubting myself that's silly to doubt myself in this situation do you know what I yeah. mean it, it's I find it so interesting and like even just that like your body not allowing you to sleep because mm, yeah of the situation you know it was trying to tell me something yeah. i mean like also you think well I've, all this money's been spent on this wedding yeah. I, I literally i loved his family i loved his mum and dad um i wouldn't have wanted to let them down i wouldn't have wanted to let all my friends and family that were coming to the wedding down like I, I spoke. I remember speaking to someone years ago that I worked with, and she's not with the person anymore. But her first marriage, um, the so I suppose it was like the stag night and the hen night, and it was back when people did it the night before the wedding. Um, and she was. They lived together, and she was coming home um, in a taxi or whatever. And she saw him on the corner of their street snogging someone. And um, she didn't say anything to him. She went through with the wedding because she felt like she couldn't let everybody down. Yeah, yeah. And it's that selflessness. I've got goosebumps just now, like thinking of that situation, like myself. I know. You just. And you just. Just shudding on yourself, like, no, 
it's fine like oh I'm like speechless like just in that moment just thinking no you've got to carry on despite being so heartbroken in that moment like I actually don't know how she did that I don't know how she couldn't just explode at him straight away yeah because I mean well you know how my marriage ended I found out he was having an affair with somebody at work and my first instinct was to ring him to get home from work and meet me at the house so I could kill him basically I couldn't keep it to myself Um, could you could you sort of go into that a little bit so so obviously going back a little bit so you you married him after feeling these signs and you know the signs within your body and getting that feeling that something just wasn't right or doubting yourself Mm. so where did it sort of go from there um I suppose um the sort of subtle abuse mental abuse probably got worse and worse it's hard to remember I literally have blocked years out of my life out of my memory yeah Um, and I I think our brains do that as a sense to kind of protect us yeah definitely I mean he one of the main things he always used to comment on my weight I mean I didn't I don't think I weighed any more than I do now um I mean my weight always fluctuates a stone up a stone down like it does naturally I think everybody's does yeah um but yeah if I say it was summertime and I even when I've even when I'm a a really good like well a happy weight and I feel slim I don't wear shorts because I don't like my legs even when I think I'm at my perfect weight um and even things like that like we'd go on a walk and he'd be like why are you wearing jeans it's too hot um if you're like not happy with your legs, you obviously need to lose some weight. Just like oh little comments. And I remember once, um, sorry to give you too much detail, but I was um, naked and I remember him looking me up and down and just saying, you know, if you just lost like half a stone or so, you'd look perfect. Oh my God, that breaks yeah. my heart, like just hearing that. And like someone who loves you should never even think that about you, yeah, never mind yeah. say it. And like this is the thing, and like for for anyone that who is listening to this who does struggle at the moment with like self-esteem, like I know like I've had like and I still struggle now with like feeling good and, and whatnot, but I've worked a lot on that and I know you have as well, but I think all women, especially with social media, like we're constantly told that we need to look different and we need to weigh less and this, that and the other. But like, I honestly believe wholeheartedly that when we believe we're not worthy, we attract someone in our life to project that to us. Because I know when I felt my worst, I had... I was in relationships that basically told me that I was worthless like yeah and I think it's when we grow that self of worth and confidence within ourselves that we attract relationships that show us that we're worthy that it doesn't matter because the truth of the matter is it does not matter how much you weigh or what you look like someone will love you for that 
no matter what but when we yeah. feel so low about ourselves we naturally attract someone that tells us those things that we believe if that makes sense and even friends i think you even yeah. attract who like look yeah. and think oh i can control her yeah. i'm gonna be her friend i literally had a controlling friend at school because i was a naive quiet shy person and she was probably she was well she was very confident she was really clever mm. i mean majority of the time she was a good friend but she would even say things about my weight and, yeah. and again you, you probably again you, your mind sort of picks up on that and says like oh no she's been really nice or she's bought me this present or she's such a good friend when she does this yeah but meanwhile she actually makes you feel like shit most of the time or like those friends where if you're in a group of people they say things to make you look bad so that they look good Mm. that is just like the most toxic person that does that yeah and again i i honestly think like when our beliefs underneath about ourselves are that we naturally project that out and attract those people back yeah definitely yeah and i think that's why i attracted him in the first place Mm. um like an, another thing um, I've just remembered. So I was doing my makeup. I've always been a person who every day I do my hair and makeup. It just makes me feel good about myself. Mm-hmm. Even if I'm only going out to walk the dog. Mm-hmm. Even through this whole pandemic, I've probably had one day where I don't put my makeup on. I love <laughs> and that. I don't put I'm the opposite. I'm so bad. <laughs> but yeah, just that little bit of makeup just makes me feel human. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I was so... I don't spend a lot of time on it and I remember him saying um what's the point in doing your hair and makeup when you need to lose weight <laughs> that's awful basically saying you know you can't look good until you've lost weight no matter what you do you look bad and and see this is the thing and I know what you said earlier like that you know you even downplay you you're aware that you downplay this you know that oh well it's not it's not a physical abusive relationship but that is abusive like that Mm -hmm. if you were to stay in a relationship like that or if anyone listening and they're in a similar situation that that's big that's a big deal yeah it it is your self-worth it affects your do you know what I mean that it affects so much now I'm in a healthy relationship. I can't believe how different. I probably only just realised since being in a healthy relationship that actually that was awful. How could I have? I was like content being married to him. I would have never left him. He did me a massive favour in doing what he did, even though it absolutely shattered me. Like I'm so glad he did it. Mm. um I mean just like other things that it not just about weight but so we both worked full time but I was still a housewife I still had to clean the house and do all the cooking and everything um but so I would I would work on a Saturday and have a day off in the week so I did five days but I had a weekday off whereas he was at work so this would be my cleaning day I couldn't do anything for myself unless I'd done the cleaning and he come home that day and he'd be looking round like checking what I'd done and he'd always be like uh have you hoovered the stairs 
<laughs> and I'd be like, yes, I have. And he's like, well, it doesn't look like you have. And like, oh, there's bits on the floor. It's just unbelievable, really. Yeah. And I, yeah. thought it was, I don't know if I thought it was normal. It definitely angered me. Yeah. I think the longer we, we were together, my anger built and built and built inside of me. And still, till I started fighting back and saying things back to him and not taking it anymore, not just lying down and taking whatever horrible stuff he said to me. Mm-hmm. And I was growing as a person whilst being married to him. I was, in a way, he probably brought me myself out of me. Yes, yeah. Now, I, love, happened, but... I love that you can even look at that situation now and see, you know, see the good parts out of it and see like, thank God he did that because mm. he brought and he was bringing this part out of me. And I think, you know, even how you were describing like this anger started building up and building up. I'm thinking to the book that I'm reading that I know I message you about. And if anyone's listening, um, it's a book by Martha Beck, uh, Finding Your North Star, which is basically pretty much like what we're talking about here, following your intuition. And she talks about in that book how um, how your intuition tells you when you're going further away from it or, or closer to it. And how you were describing that there, your anger like naturally was building up and it was almost like your intuition was like I have had enough of this (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah I cannot stay caged anymore I've got to come out so it's it's amazing how that happens and you know what I'm pretty sure that when I started standing up for myself I think that's around the time the affair started so he sort of moved on to some another his next prey almost yes um and I like he could probably see this sense of you that was maybe even threatening him mm, or figured him out yeah when you first met you were you know like you say you were lowering confidence and very i was young i was like a child really still um but yeah and i didn't i didn't know the person that he was with but somebody who did know her said she's very timid and wouldn't say boo to a goose that was the words they used um and they were shocked that she would be the type of person to get involved with a married man because of that um and that makes so much sense now that that was the sort of person he went for after well while he's still with me but after me um it, it was sort of he needed to find someone that he could control again he couldn't take that he was failing at controlling me I think yes that makes so much sense and Mm. I think there's always a pattern when it comes to those kind of people if they don't heal themselves because obviously he's got his own issues that he needs to heal but Mm. I think there's always a reason why and there's there's a particular type of person that they'll sort of prey on like you say yeah definitely that day that I found out I remember that day so clearly. That's interesting as well. I was reading a book about um, how you are more likely to remember traumatic things that have happened. So I don't remember any good times with him, but I know there were. I just remember bad things. And it's like with childhood as well. Mm. I remember a lot of bad things, but not any good things. Mm. But it it actually, um, so in the book, it said that 
our minds easily store painful and frightening events and it's called a negativity bias and it does it to help us survive so that we're prepared for any future attack basically mm. it's like your mind puts up a wall and these happy memories are the other side of the wall you can't see them anymore like it's protecting you if that happens again you prepared for it so it's like it is a survival instinct that your yeah. brain does it's very clever yeah massively so on that day then when you found out you said that you remember it very vividly yeah so I was at work uh, luckily it was like a quiet day at work where I was in with um it was just me and another woman who she was like my best friend at work she's lovely Um, so glad I was with her um, and I was just probably shouldn't have been but I was sorting out my car insurance and I needed to use his email account which I had his password for he'd never like hidden it from me um, and logged into his email and there was an email like a Facebook notification email that he used to get all the time um, I think it was when they just started doing them so he probably didn't know it was going to come through um, and it was a message on Facebook from her and it told me everything they'd they'd split up at that point but she was saying things like uh, you know I haven't been on the pill I could be pregnant and um, I can't believe you've gone back to her and and it basically spelt out exactly what he'd been up to wow and it was like my life flashed before my eyes when I read it I could oh. not believe it I said said to my friend I was like you need to look at this I can't believe what I'm reading and I just sat back and she looked at it and I was like have I just read that right and she's like I'm so sorry Alex and oh, I've, again I've got goosebumps now just thinking about that but even within that moment like I feel like it was almost perfect for you to see everything and get the the answer right because it could have been that you only saw a glimpse of it like mm. he, he liked somebody's picture that would get you sort of doubting it that would drag the whole process on longer yeah well, and you could I have tried like, to hide it yeah, yeah. Well, i feel like this is although it's an awful situation and again like if if you into the law of attraction and I feel like it was almost like the universe's way to sort of just give you everything that you needed there and then to get out, yeah, you know? Yeah, I think, yeah, it was like almost that it was meant to be, that I was meant to read that email at that exact yeah. time, it just come through. Yeah, there was a Literally. reason you needed to sort your car insurance out that day and that email was there, you know? Yeah, and I was away from him, I was at work when I read it. So like, you know, I said I couldn't believe my friend kept it to herself when she saw her fiancé kissing yeah. someone at the end of the road. Like, I just, my first thought was I've got to ring him. I think it was because I still didn't want it to be true and I wanted him to be like, oh, it's just like a prank or something. Yeah. Like, and I almost wanted reassurance. I needed to see him and I needed it to not be true. It, I think even though looking back, yeah, he was not a nice person, I still never thought he'd do that for some reason. I never expected that. And I think it just, it taught me that you never know what's going on in somebody else's head.
take what people say. Yeah. He used to say things like, oh, people that cheat are disgusting. He literally used to say stuff like that. Wow. So, yeah, I think actions speak lo louder than words. And I think, you know, not necessarily that you saw all of this coming, but the things that he would do and how he would sort of treat you was almost like little signs, almost. Mm. So yeah. when you found out then, what happened? So in, in Sheffield and a, quite far away from all my friends and family, um, like I've said before, I was really close to his mum and dad. Um, I rang him at work to start with and said, you need to come home. Um, I know, I've seen this email you've just got. Um, and he was just silent on the phone. And he was like, I can't come home, I'm at work. And he refused to come home. Wow. And then, so I ended up just hanging up on him and thinking, I can't be at work, I can't carry on working. I did ring his mum. And I just said, can you just meet me at my house? Because something's happened and I need someone to be there when I get home. So uh, his mum and dad met me at home and I couldn't even speak. I couldn't even say it. I just showed them the email. Wow. And I'd, I remember, I still remember the look on his dad's face was like, he was devastated and disappointed. Um, they were ringing him and saying, you need to come home. We need to talk about what's happened and sort things out. Um, and he, he still wouldn't so his mum was like come back to our house we'll have some dinner and we'll go from there um, we got there his brother was there his brother was absolutely devastated so upset with what he'd done because I feel like I was part of their family at that point so he'd finished work but he still didn't come home so I'm guessing he went to see her oh it makes you um, yeah, see where he stood with her before he decided what he was going to do, probably. And then he came home. He was honestly like a child. That is I think about so it. childish. And then, actually, I don't remember what happened that night. Is that weird? <laughs> My mind is protecting yeah. me right now. <laughs> yeah, protecting me. <laughs> what happened? Maybe he smashed his face in and <laughs> it's uh, blocked you. <laughs> Maybe I was in the hospital for a few months after that, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I think from, I can't remember time frames and things, but I know that I moved out for a bit and stayed with my brother for a little bit because I didn't know if we were splitting up or trying to make things work. Then I did move back because he was like crying his eyes out at my feet begging me to try and make it work wow. and I thought wow he must actually love me and he must actually be sorry for what he's done because I'd never seen him even close to tears wow. and he was crying his eyes out so I thought all right we'll see what happens but the whole time I was there it was probably only a couple of weeks I, I can't remember again um I couldn't eat I like lost so much weight in that time. Um, I was probably about the right weight for him by the end of it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, then it became apparent that he was still going to see her. Um, he didn't admit it, but I, I knew. I think I went again for a weekend to stay at my brother's 
and when I came back my pillow smelled of perfume and there was like a black black hair on it and my hair wasn't that dark um, and I was like okay I was like has she been here like questioned him for ages he wouldn't admit to it and then he went can we change the bed sheets anyway it's probably about time <laughs> it's what? just literally laughable yeah like um, wow and also I don't know about anyone that has actually succeeded in um moving forward from um an affair happening in a relationship but I know that you have to put everything on the table and say exactly what you've done for the other person to be able to take it in and know if they can f truly forgive you and move on mm. you would not talk about anything like I'd even ask him <clears throat> just little things that weren't even like crude details or anything like that and he'd get so angry he wouldn't want to tell me what? um so yeah it just fizzled out he sent I was out walking the dog and he was at work and he sent me a text to tell me to move out that day before I got home from work because it was done for him basically get out of the house you know like how how much of a good heart you've got for trying to make that work even an awful situation like that but <clears throat> you needed that to get you to where you are now like yeah Thank I mean I you were you were stupid. able to get out of that I felt so stupid for being I felt weak for giving him another chance because mm -hmm. I was so heartbroken I didn't think I could live without him and yeah. I thought if I'm not with him then I might as well die basically that was my thoughts at that time yeah. um but it's actually amazing I mean it could have been the antidepressants I got put on from the doctors but after about a month I realized it clicked that he wasn't the person I thought he loved he, he that person doesn't actually exist wow. and I realized that I, I could let go because I that person wasn't there and I didn't love anyone so what sort of made you what did you see then what was this realization like could you go into that a little bit more in detail? I think cause when someone has an affair, they're living a double life. Mm. I feel like they're almost acting most of the time mm. when they're with you and then they're living their real life with this other person. Mm. And or even a fake life to them because mm. you know, they're coming across as this whatever person to a complete stranger you know and yeah I think and he that's was definitely telling her lies about our relationship he was telling her that we weren't sleeping together mm. that it was over when we were actually at that time talking about maybe having a baby wow so yeah yeah she was getting lied to so uh, you know I just I pray for her really mm. <laughs> that she yeah. finds her way out of being with him yeah. as well because I don't think he's going to be good for anybody no unless he he obviously heals whatever issues he's got going on because it sounds like he's he's got a lot yeah. I think he was borderline narcissistic mm. definitely let's obviously move on from from that so obviously you you know you you've had this 
traumatic experience happen at such a young age you know mm. which you know completely transforms your whole sense of worth trust relationships all of these kind of things so where did it sort of change for you in terms of you know following this because obviously like what we were saying towards the beginning like you'd gone through a period of time where you were constantly thinking trying to think logical and ignoring your intuition and your heart and things where did mm. it start to change do you think um i think for a long time after that i was very numb um again it could have been the medication i was on um my granddad died at some time when i not long after that i don't think it might have been a year after that um and i remember i didn't even cry my mum rang me to say it had just happened and i was like right okay and i think i didn't even let it sink in till recently so yeah i was i was quite numb for a while we made friends not long after that as well That's didn't we good. yeah oh my god yeah i started living life to the full yeah, <laughs> yeah you you met the dark side then <laughs> yeah <laughs> and like i think i'd I made like a really good connection, like a deep connection with you as a friend. And yeah. um, we had some really good times, went to lots of parties. I was still not really, I was trying to be someone different. You know, at parties I was, you were very outgoing. You were very much a people person. Um, I think you can just get on with anybody. Um, and I was like, oh, I need to like be more chatty and be more like that. Um, and I think as we spent more time together, I realised, no, I don't need to be like that. I just need to be who I am naturally. I'm not a chatty, chatty person. Uh, if I get one-on-one -on -one with someone, I can talk. But in a group at a party, I am the one probably that stands there quite quietly and observes. And that's okay. And that's all right to be like that. And do you know what? Like, and I think from, from anybody listening, like, I would... I think out of the two of us, yes, I'm the more extroverted one, but I would still consider myself like an introverted extrovert. But yeah. I, from that perspective, from like somebody, because I think people have this perception of introverts either not wanting to talk to anyone or being very closed off and things and no one really talking to them. But from my point of view, I kind of like, I'm weirdly attracted to those kind of people that are sort of mm. more, more in like more along the sides, if that makes sense, like less outgoing, yeah. and less, but I kind of like, I'm not as interested in those people. I'm like, Oh, why are those people? Like, I want to talk to those people that are quite yeah, like, Oh, they're mysterious. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. If you're, if you just are yourself, if I'm at a party and I'm stood there, listening and being quiet um if say I, I was like I was looking at boys at that point thinking oh yeah like maybe I'll meet someone but sort of their attentions might have been drawn to people who were more confident and chatty and that's okay as well because yeah. the right person for me will notice me I don't have to put on a big display of someone that I'm not that I'm not even that person yeah. to find somebody yeah. I will find somebody 
I have to be my authentic self to find the right person for me. Yes. Um, and that's like the first time, like literally you were, you're my turning point. <laughs> Being friends with you has like made me like start to learn who I am. Oh, Alex, don't, because I'm going to cry. I didn't, this is new to me. Like, oh. I, I think sometimes like seeing other people and this like again like and I'm not making this about me but just relating to that like I think where we're growing we attract those people that are sort of either mirroring to us the same journey that we're on or we see something in somebody that really kind of sparks something in us where we're like like what you were saying about me for whatever reason you know I was making you have this realization <laughs> about you that actually no I don't need to be somebody that you know I'm not deep down mm, yeah yeah and I think um so that's probably where it started and then um as I like became more comfortable with being myself um and just enjoying my time with my friends and getting over what happened that's when I met my husband now um and I remember at the time I, I liked somebody else um who was very very a very confident person he slightly reminded me of my ex he wasn't anything like him but in my head I wanted the opposite of my ex mm. I didn't want anyone that reminded me of him or any of his traits yeah it made me feel sick to even think about ending up with someone like that again um but yeah, then um, a friend sort of told me that my husband now, that he liked me. Um, and I hadn't, I'd, I hadn't thought of him as more than a friend because I didn't think he actually liked me. Mm. He was like, he's a quiet person. So he never really said much to me. So I always thought oh, he's not interested in me. Yeah. And at some points I thought he was a bit ignorant. <laughs> yeah. But then when someone told me he liked me, I started looking at him differently and realizing, yeah, I, I do like him. So yeah, he asked me on a date and it went from there. And actually he wasn't ignorant. He was just quiet and reserved like me. Mm. So I don't know why I thought he was ignorant because he was very much like me. Um, and just like the kindest, most respectful person. Yeah. And and again, like bringing it back to what we were talking about before, like when we're sort of got these different views about ourselves, we, the people we attract are very, very different and they mirror that almost like you then was in a much better place within yourself. And like you, you obviously projected that you knew what you wanted in some shape or form. You knew what level of respect that you deserved. Mm. start to attract those people and I mean I'm not blowing my own trumpet here but friendships as well like do you know what I mean like we yeah whatever journey we're on we sort of attract those people within our life yeah I don't know if this is a good thing or not I think it did make me tougher um having my heart shattered to pieces um but I remember going on dates after um, and just knowing from the first date that I wasn't interested anymore and not really 
like being upset about wasting my time or I don't know, like I just knew I wasn't interested <clears throat> and it wasn't a big deal. But before I was married, if I went on a date with someone, I'd be like, is it going to work out? Is it going to be the one? And like, then after that, I realized it's really not, don't take it too seriously. It's not a big deal. I, I totally agree. And I think although like it's awful when it happens, but sometimes we almost have to hit rock bottom to, to learn and become the, the better version of ourselves and like learn this life-changing lesson that literally transforms how we see the world and how we you know what's the word like present ourselves I suppose you know mm. and although this was absolutely awful like the experience that you went through it's it's made you who you are today that you you have got this well tell us now Alex like what's <laughs> what's it like for you now like how how is life different? Obviously, a much better a loving relationship, but how are you different in different aspects of the of life and how do you view yourself different? So, I mean, so when I got married this time, um, I was still in my sort of job that I didn't really like. A diff I moved through different places, but it was the same job mm. that I did. Um, and... I said to my husband, like, I'm not happy doing this job. And at the time I wanted to be a dog walker. Um, anyway, the opportunity presented itself to take on some clients from somebody that I sort of knew. And I was like, if it's going to happen, it needs, this is my opportunity. This is the universe telling me yes. now is the time. And I was so scared to like, this is what I want to do can can I do it am I allowed yeah yeah um, like obviously you've got to think about money we've got a house and bills to pay um but we didn't have my daughter at that point so I suppose we didn't have like that to worry about and then I mean we worked it out we'd be okay if I did if I just stopped earning money we would be able to pay the bills and be okay but we wouldn't have like loads of money um and so when I was with my ex, I wanted to do, to do um, a course to be a midwife. Mm. And at the time, you got a bursary, depending on your circumstances, um, and you didn't have to pay for the course. Mm. So that was perfect too. Mm. But he didn't want me to do that because that would mean less money coming in. And he always wanted me to get a better paying job, but he didn't want me to do something I enjoyed, if that makes sense. Yeah. You've had that experience, so obviously, saying to my husband now, I want to quit my job and not earn anything for a bit, and it might not even work, I might not even make a successful business out of this. Mm. And he was like, If you want to do it, do it. That's that amazing, and I was like, What? Yeah, <laughs> um, like, so yeah, this opportunity, what? Yeah, I know, and just like to know that I got his support was enough like the first time in my life mm. literally the first time in my life someone supported me wow. in wanting me doing something I wanted to do mm. so yeah I did it and it was a success at the end of that year I got pregnant um but because of um 
some complications with my pregnancy I couldn't carry on doing it <clears throat> because I was literally lifting big dogs into the back of a van dogs would regularly pull me over in the mud um, and I couldn't risk anything so I did stop <clears throat> after a year but it was an amazing experience um, and now um, I'm a mum and I've made a personal choice that I want to stay be a full-time mum for as long as I can um again he's like yeah like that's fine I mean we spoke about it before I said if I have children I don't want to go straight back to work I want to try and be there for them as much as I can so we already knew that um and I've organically just like found what I want to do in counselling um and again, he's like, yeah, if you want to do that course, you do that course. That's so good. I love it. I love it. And when when you sort of say like organically, where, how did it sort of start with that? Did you sort of, again, like what we said earlier, there was no plan, was there? Like, yes, I'm going to do this course. I'm going to be this by this time next year or whatever. How did it sort of begin there? Well, I had a bit of an epiphany after some drinks at a wedding. I got talking to someone and I was saying that I still don't know what I want to do with my life, to be honest. I enjoyed dog walking. I loved it. But I don't know if that's the thing that I want to do like long term. Um, and she was like great at bringing out. I said I've always been interested in psychology, in people's minds and how they work but I, I'm not the sort of person to go to university. I don't, I actually don't want to go to university. Um, and she was like, well, what about the doctor's surgery she works at? What about these people who do CBT? And I was like, yeah, that'd be great. She's like, you can just do a course online. So that was it. <laughs> and again, like it's, it's always the most random way where we find these things again like the universe or your intuition like giving you little taps on the shoulder like just have this mm. conversation with this woman at a wedding and she'll mm. and it all sort of guides you towards it and I think it's it all comes through like a level of trust within yourself and obviously having that support is a huge part of it as well um yeah but definitely I think you know by the sounds of it would you say that you started to build up this like level of resilience on almost throughout all of that and trust within yourself as well as obviously having those people around you that gave you that support but would you say that along with that that happened within you as well yeah I think I I became a stronger person through bad things happening but I think everything that you go through in life lets you, well, to a certain extent, lets you grow into who you really are and shapes who you are. And you sort of come out of the childhood where you were told who you were, but that isn't who you are. That's who your parents are. Um, and I think eventually it's took me till I'm in my thirties, but yeah I think I have found out who I am and I'm content and yeah and it's definitely for me it's my husband's support that's helped me bring out who I am yeah um but I think you you know you're in a loving relationship if 
the person just wants you to be happy and if you say I want to do this this is what's going to make me happy and they say no mm. they don't love you yeah they don't want you to be happy and I know you've got to think practically but if you thought practically and this thing you want to do will work and it's within our limitations mm -hmm. and if that person still is like no don't do it then that is a toxic person yeah and I've definitely learned to friends as well I've learned to distance myself from people mm. toxic people um they're not all the same but I, I definitely notice when people haven't got your best interests at heart yeah. and I've got a really good circle of friends now I think I've got some really good close friends and I feel really lucky for that as well not just to have an amazing husband but have an amazing friends as well yeah it all sort of ties in together and you start to notice and this is something that I've noticed like before certain people can make you feel a certain way and when you leave that situation you kind of feel a little bit off and in the mm. past I know for well that again my mind would sort of override it and things but now after starting to know myself and, and getting to know myself more and trusting myself more and trusting my own judgments I'm starting to notice relationships that maybe don't make me feel as good or when those interactions with people start to notice my own judgments and think hmm that didn't feel so good when they said that or yeah you know, and, and trust those judgments on those people that make you feel amazing and you know you know, as well, because I'm an introvert, um, if I've been out with friends, I'm always going to feel tired and drained when I get home. But I've noticed where I've been with someone who is a good person and we've had an, an amazing talk, amazing time together. I'll come home and I'll feel shattered, but I feel satisfied. Yeah. But when I've been with someone that's not good for me, I will feel shattered and like really negative yeah. for the rest of the day. Mm. It's little things that people say, it's, it's all subtle abuse. Mm. And, and until you really analyse it, you don't realise it's happening. Yeah, yeah, 100%. percent do not respond in the moment. People will say something that's not right but because it's so subtle you don't pick up on it until a bit later on and then you feel really angry about it because you've not been able to like say hang on that's not right because you didn't think it in the moment you thought it after so then you're left with all these frustrations yeah. if you spend a lot of time with that person that does that you're just going to be emotionally drained yes yes i'm i totally agree with this like if if anyone listening to this notices or even having a little thought of hold on a second I feel like that when I spend my time with such and such notice how you feel when you leave a relationship or or a situation with with somebody notice how you feel and I think your energy levels like what you were saying there like you I, I'm totally the same like I'm I do pick myself up when I have alone time but and I, I can feel good but tired after spending time with good people but there's that level of when you spend time with people that aren't good for you you feel drained mm -hmm. or you feel negative or you feel 
I've had it before where I've felt like almost like I doubt myself a lot and Mm. away from situations and I'm like why am I second guessing myself and why do I feel incapable or incompetent in some way after having that conversation with somebody Mm. they make you feel like you're not as good as them yeah and you like start to second guess your whole life yeah yeah a hundred percent and and this is the thing and I think again this all comes up with practicing that level of awareness and just knowing and trusting yourself a little bit to recognize that rather than being consumed by that emotion and thinking oh god I'm really what am I even doing with my life and in getting absorbed with with whatever they've said because what they've said is not true Mm. you need to analyze the situation and if they are making you feel like that learning to separate yourself from them I I do tend to pick up on how certain people make me feel. That as well, that's the subtle manipulation and abuse. I think the only way you notice it is by listening to your intuition. Yes. And to think, why do I feel so rubbish right now? Yes. After I've been with that person. Like, don't don't think, oh, it's just me. And don't question yourself. Actually think through what's just happened and what's been said. My husband always laughs at me and says, you're just reading way too much into what people are saying. But I think men are a bit like that. Reese is very much like that. It's just very surface level. Yeah. <laughs> but as well. I'm like getting my shovel and digging right, right <laughs> yeah. down to the ground. What is this? Let's get to the bottom of it. Definitely. Before we sort of wrap this up, um, would you, if anyone here is listening to this and sort of maybe feeling a little bit stuck, whether it be they may be in an abusive relationship? I know relationships like that can be dangerous. I don't like life-threatening, but I know that people are in those sort of relationships. But definitely ask for help. And if something doesn't feel right, it probably isn't right don't don't ignore how your heart is feeling how you feel inside yeah definitely listen to it don't be scared to listen to it and don't be scared to think but if I get out of this relationship who am I and my life's over because I thought my life was over and actually it was just beginning and I'm so much happier now it's taken time but there are definitely better times ahead Mm, I love that thank you thank you so so much thank you for having me on I've really enjoyed it thanks for listening to me moan (laughs) (laughs) no it's not I mean Alex will definitely be on again because we have so many just deep insightful conversation so I feel like this is only just the start of this so yeah um, yeah but honestly thank you so much for sort of coming on and sharing your story and your words of wisdom um and for those listening thank you very much for tuning in and I will speak to you very soon um next week